On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if watching Paper Girls is free or if it's pay-per-view, if Cheryl Blossom is a better Scarlet Witch than Elizabeth Olsen, and who Tiana and Joe, host of the Next Door Villain Podcast, think is the villain of the year. All that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show, as well as some of the cartoons that are based on a comic book. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host for this episode. I am back on my podcast throne. It may smell like shit. It kind of smells like a raccoon was like with mange came up in here after bathing in hot trash for like three weeks, and then rubbed his little grubby hands and thick body all over my chair. Um, but it's okay. I'm back here, and I believe it's Caitlin who's responsible for that. Um, Caitlin, it's just my thick ass perfume. That's <laughs> good shit. Now I've been meaning to talk to you about you talk to you about this perfume because um, one, it's very expensive. I looked it up. It's all pheromones. That's why. It's it's like animal on the, pheromones. It's like on the black market too. Like mm-hmm. it's not even easy to find. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta pay like a dealer to find this. It, like it's, it's a lot of channels, and you know it smells like hot garbage. I love hot garbage, and so do all of my friends who are rodents. Mm, yeah. So I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make friends out here. That's really my goal in life. And then I knew I was going with Ryan, mm-hmm. and so I, I feel like he liked that too, and that's how we could make our friendship better. Mm, okay. Yeah. Ryan, so she brought the trash perfume because she thought it would make you guys friends. How's that making you feel? I, I, I mean, honestly, I'm allergic to all the super fragrant perfumes um, mm-hmm. that you and Mike always wear. So this just this smell of trash, it, it reminds me of home back on Staten Island. <laughs> okay like i know i know your home and that's why me and mike douse ourselves with cans of axe every time before we enter the studio i yeah. don't know if you've noticed our little locker that's right out front of the recording like studio door um it, it's a secret code to it it just spells out axe uh when you open it tons of axe in there when we spray it down and we were doing that for you and you're telling me you don't even like that you guys no. wear axe i wear ass <laughs> yeah it does smell like ass <laughs> Uh, yeah, when you guys, you know how like when you walk into a a place that's been tented off because of toxicity, because like there's maybe an alien in there or something, you mm-hmm. have your hazmat suit on, you take the suit off, and then it sprays down like that mist on yep. you. You guys mm-hmm. have that on the doors of the studio of just axe that comes down and covers you guys. Yeah. And it doesn't know who you and Mike are. So it does it to literally me, to Caitlin, to every guest that comes into the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how much are we spending on axe per year? Listen, listen, Ryan, you're in the spot. You don't even got to worry about the budget, okay? Don't worry about the little numbers. We got the budget, and let me tell you, that's that's an investment in baller shit, and that's how we're going to get big, okay? <laughs> that's that's that next-level stuff. There, when people are listening through this with their little ear holes, they're like, this has a strong axe smell, and I know that, and I respect them for that. So um, I know we're not doing free ads, so we're getting sponsored by Axe, I'm sure, Yes. For sure, for sure. They they send us, like, we get all their expired shit. Listen, I, nobody needs to know it's expired, but we have a deal where, like, they send us all the expired stuff that they couldn't sell out on Staten Island. So, that's is that, ours. 
Is that why we have to say in all the intros to each segment, Taste Buds, I ask you this? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's been sponsored all along. You know what, Ryan? You keep thinking like that, and you can get up to being a number person if you want, and then oh, you wow. can control what's in the chamber, what's in our little axe chamber. Man, Cassie, you're back on the throne, and you're just barking orders and setting rules. I love it. <laughs> well, listen, it got a little chaotic in my with my absence, so I just got to let you guys know there's been a lot of people who sat in this little podcast throne, and now I need to let everyone know that like this is my throne. I got to come here, and I got to set these rules again. It gets like real nasty in here, so just l- really lay down the laws when I'm back. I'm guessing you didn't like when I peed all over your chair? No, and I just like... I, I, Caitlin? Yeah? It was too much, okay? Oh. I know personally that you are always in a Depends diaper. Yeah. And like it's like you had to take off that diaper to come and pee on my throne. I did. It's fucked up, bro. It's yeah. fucked up. I ripped it off. <laughs> but then I put a new one on, a new freshie, so we good. That's sanitary, and that's all that I yeah. ask. You, you know, know there's a solution to this. Next time, just put the diaper, wrap the diaper around the throne, and then you can uh, pee directly on it. Right? That's so right. You want... Hold on, do you want me sitting on a diaper throne or just when Caitlin's around, like, cover it in diapers? Just when Caitlin's around. I'll make it a diaper throne and then I'll leave it for you. So if you choose to use my wet diaper throne, you can. You want me using a dirty diaper throne? If you want. I don't want. Well, then you can clean it up. Great. I will be sure to do that. Um, Speaking of paper and diapers, you guys, main event, we're going to be talking about paper. Girls, what's up? Let's go to that right now. On the premiere of Paper Girls, we're introduced to the Cleveland Preserver Paper Girls, Aaron, Tiffany, Mac, and KJ, as they start their paper route on Hell Day. Hell Day quickly gets worse as the girls interrupt some time ritual thing. Then the sky turns purple. Mac shoots Aaron. Some random time travelers grab all the girls. KJ then kills one of the travelers, and the girls somehow end up in future Aaron's house. Taste buds, I ask you, did you enjoy being thrown into this with no idea what's happening with all the time travel stuff, or would you have preferred some more grounding and some background information? Uh, I mean, uh, I read the comic book that this is based on, and it was still... I The comic book is confusing, to say the least. So um, mm. I wasn't sure that I was going to understand everything that's going on. I thought I appreciated its let's go, let's go witness of the show, because so many of these shows that we watch, particularly on Netflix, you know, are four or five episodes too long, um, mm-hmm. and it takes forever to get off the ground. I was glad to be thrown into the shit. Yeah, it felt cool because at first, especially because I, you know, I didn't, I always wanted to read the comics, and I'd, it was one I never picked up, so I never knew anything about it. So at first, when we were just introduced, you know, to four paper girls, I was like, cool, we got just like a cool story about these girls who are going to deliver paper, and I was into just that. And then I was like, oh no, shit's going to get weird. And then I just felt like I was in the journey with them, like trying to figure stuff out, mm-hmm. which then was like, I really like how they did that to just keep you on your, like those who don't know, it really kept us like on our toes. Yeah, I remember seeing this in the comic book store, and I really wanted to read it because it had a pink cover. And the I, aesthetic, um, strong on the comic. I love the aesthetic. And then even in this, when it got real spooky and scary, the sky turned pink. And I was like, ooh, it's pink, like cotton candy. <laughs> I like that. Um, but it did get a bit scary, especially when they were like, it, it was the 80s, so they think it's like Cold War. They think they're going to uh, get yeah. nuked or something. I'm like, ooh, scary. I like how um, the, the sky knew it was the 80s. And so it's yep. like, I'm going to become pink. I'll go pink. Pink and Synthwave instantly came out, and yep. I was like, thank you for this. This is everything that That's I good. wanted. That was very good. That was like, if there is going to be an end of the world, or if I'm ever like caught up in some type of war, I would want it to be like this type of vibe, and I would be, I think, okay with it. 
Yeah. It would feel like home. When you say this kind of vibe, do you mean um, everything looks really cheap? And yeah. you can only see the battle for like 10 feet on either side because the rest of it is just a park that they ran into <laughs> and there's kids playing. Just a, l- a little outside of screen. Yeah, <laughs> that's the exact vibe. That's the type of war I want to enter 100%. Did it seem, honestly, it didn't seem too cheap for me. Was it bugging you while watching this? Honestly, I had heard so much that this was low budget Stranger Things before it came on. So I was mm-hmm. kind of prepared for that. But also, I think they didn't do, they didn't go out of their way to like make it look like an 80s thing. You know, yeah. what prepared me for this was all of our sci-fi shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Winona Earp and Vagrant Queen and Dark Matter and all of those shows that are very low budget, you know, like yeah. just repeating sets and uh, everything happens off screen. Like the characters would be like, look at that crazy monster over there. <laughs> oh, we just beat him. Good. Good. We, we didn't have to deal with that monster for very long. Um, and so that's what it reminded me of. It just reminded me of something that's on, like, you know, the Saturday afternoon shows that we used to talk about. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I just feel like we're getting one camera angle. We're, like, getting the angle of the girls for this, mm-hmm. um, what's going on, and I feel like we're going to revisit it. That's what it feels like, how it's shot. Like X-Men style? Like they just re-put up the same clip? Like, re-put up the same clip. They're watching themselves from another <laughs> area. I don't know if it's because I watched too much X-Men. <laughs> Truly delighted. <laughs> <laughs> too many x has like... <laughs> But but that's what I felt like because it was like the camera was only focusing on so many things and there mm. was you could see things were happening in the background or people's faces you couldn't see them or or whatever you're missing something. Listen, it's either you could, some could say it's low budget or some could say it's adding to the mystery of the plot. I mean that's so. how I saw it. <laughs> I'm an idiot over here. I was like, ooh, <laughs> look at film. <laughs> <laughs> I know film. This shit's easy. I, I know film. Aha! I'm confused. <laughs> that means it's good. That's what I've been told. But there is, there's this thing about, like, time travel stuff that can get very confusing. Um, And this one seems like it's taking possibly a wild take on it. So I don't know how that's going to treat me. Is just, time travel already is is a hard one for me. Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite comic book author of all time. This is Brian K. Vaughn, the guy who did Why the Last Man? Uh, And Mm -hmm. is currently doing Saga. And Mm -hmm. for me to bail on it sort of speaks to what you're saying, Cassie, of just me being like, and it, you know, once when you read only 22 pages every month, it's hard to keep up with stuff. And at a certain point I was like, I yeah. don't know what the fuck is going on. I remember this started off as like, you know, kind of a Goonies homage. And now I don't know who was who and what time they're supposed to be in. Things got fucking mm-hmm. crazy. I remember a giant, what are those, um, those little like microscopic animals that look like bears with, like rotators on uh, their mouth. Oh, tardigrades. Tardigrades. There's a g- giant, like, twenty-story tall tardigrade. Uh, later in the issues, I don't know. If we're probably not going to get that. Um, Love that though. But I was just like, I don't know what's happening now. Right now, at this moment, though, everything seems pretty clear, and it's good because it has four teenage characters shouting everything out. You know, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when they're like, "Did you see that guy's eyes?" Halfway through the show we just watched the first episode um so halfway through the first episode they meet the time traveling alien whatever they are and they're like what the fuck was that what the fuck was that and we in the audience are like that's a good question i don't know character i hope we find out you know we're like cassie you said we're right there with them the entire time so far it's okay uh at the end what's the main girl's name wong aaron aaron meets Aaron. Future future Aaron. Future Aaron. Or present Aaron. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so right at this moment, I'm good. I understand everything. 
Yeah. That's what it soon is like. Because now I already like I'm already putting, you know, past time uh, travel movies and stuff rules onto this. So like she's already interacting with like a future her or a present her, which is going to cause major issues. But like, is that can then that opens up a whole nother thing? Because these kids, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Like that's it's already giving me a lot of anxiety of like, how deep is this going to go? How deep is this going to go? And how long is it going to take for them to figure out how to time travel or how they're time traveling? Again, because they just came from the 80s. Like they were proud of their walkie talkie and now they're in the future and dealing with time travel. Like, it's hard to come from the 80s into that. And how long until they find out that the white trash girl, Mac, uh, died at like 16? <laughs> probably oh. probably oh. from smoking. <laughs> it's only at this point probably like a pack a day. She's got at least a couple more years in her. That's fine. Um, but, but they do have... Uh, going back to the time travel rules, Cassie, Bill and Ted is supposed to be like the ultimate time travel rules, right? Which means if you travel mm-hmm. in time, you've always traveled in time. Right? So that like you can you can travel back in time and put your keys right here and that way when you go down, your keys are there because you mm-hmm. in the circle, you always traveled in time at that point in the future to go to the past and put the keys there. Yeah. But that's not what we're dealing with here because then Ali Wong would remember that when she was 14, she traveled in time. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. means that's what confused me. We're dealing with other dimension time travel, where every time you travel Ooh. through time, fuck Ryan, you uh, open up a new pathway or you create a new dimension. And that's what we no. need is more multi-dimensional storytelling in on movies and TV right now. Let's do it. Let's give Amazon a chance at this. Let them crack into the multiverse. Um, so a lot of things that we're typically into with our shows is obviously the main characters. We love, like, Stargirl, you know, one of the main things that brought us was just, like, how they all interact with each other and how they vibe. How are you feeling about these four girls? I know they were just introduced to us and technically to each other, pretty much. Um, But were you, like, does their dynamic uh, intrigue you guys at all? Well, yeah, I think the most important scene in the episode is the chocolate bar scene. Mm -hmm. uh, Where they're in the, all the shit has gone down, they're in Mac's kitchen, and Aaron grabs a chocolate bar and pulls it out, and they just... Sort of like this is the talking stick, and they throw yeah. the chocolate bar around. And if that scene fails, I think the episode fails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Like I found it delightful. I was I liked all of them, and the fact that they all have like such different personalities, and mm-hmm. that like none of them are like too poorly written as a kid. Like Mac, the white trash one, seems like a pretty big piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's some piece of shit kids. <laughs> I, I saw her. I was like, I've met you before. <laughs> like each each one of these kids, I was like, I've met you. I've met you. I've met you. Ah, and you too. Uh, uh, Caitlin, I thought you were, you were going to say I saw Mac, and I was like, Oh, I've podcasted with you before. I've lived with you before. I have eleven years with this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like I was at first, I was like, These kids are poorly written. These kids are dumb. And then I realized, No, wait, they're kids. Kids are dumb. So it's accurate. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that the. You know, we, we're getting every type of, or we're getting like all the different cultures and making sure that it's not for white kids once again. You know, like mm-hmm. that's where their background, their, how their background separate. Um, but yeah, like I thought that they did a pretty good job of letting us know who they are efficiently. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of the stuff that Max says is like, all right, settle down. You're tough. Cool. We know it. But it's a pilot. This is, or it's not a pilot, but it's a first episode. 
this is what you have to do in a first episode is you have to lay down these foundations quickly so you can move on with the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, like, if we are getting more into time travel, like, I will need the next episode to be the foundations of time travel. Right. Like, a lot of times, you know how you get, like, either a before of, like, kind of a rundown, like, this is now, we're in this year, so and so and so. Like, I need them to hold my hand like that, probably, or for there to all of a sudden be, you know, the time travel person who's like, listen, this is how it works in this universe. Like, I would appreciate it so much. Um, I did have a question for you guys real quick. Sorry. Um. At one point, Aaron passes out, and as she's coming to, um, a very computerized President Reagan comes on and give, <laughs> gives her like a pep yeah. talk, which is not something I expect from like a 13 or 14-year-old girl. Um, no. But I'll ask you guys, if you had gotten shot, and you passed out, and you were coming to, uh, President, would, would Trump or Biden come to you and give you a pep talk? God, I hope not. No, probably her holiness CRJ would probably come to Cassie. <laughs> That's why it's got to be like your heroes. Because doesn't she want to be like president? She does want to be president. Yeah. president. But okay, she, does so she want to be president Reagan? Because I'm going to say that's a knock against that character. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was Reagan, it was supposed to be like Reagan, or if it was just another president that they, because it was like, I was confusing. I was like, I don't know what you guys are trying to do, but maybe don't go for the actual president because you did bad on this CGI. <laughs> This I can't figure out what you're trying to do, but and he didn't say Reagan, so I was like, "This is just the man, I guess." Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> he he sounds like him, but that doesn't mean he is him. It's also just such an unfortunate president to have yeah. up there. Yeah. Like it's the same as like if yeah. Trump was up there, and I'd be like, "Am I supposed to like? Are these girls kind of from my vibe? What are they working with here?" Well, they're all from different neighborhoods, so maybe if she if she's not from your vibe, you'll have a different girl that is. Hell yeah! Let the wealth maybe trickle down. <laughs> <laughs> trickle. We're still waiting maybe for that you're trickle more of down, a right? Girl. <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting for it. Let's go. <laughs> One if, day, hold your hands out. If I got if I got shot and passed out and then came to. And there was President Trump. I would shoot myself again. I would dig my finger into my gun wound. (laughs) I would genuinely think like I had died and gone to hell. And I was like, man, have I fucked up in life? I'd be very scared. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, no. It'd be. I'm in hell. Oh, bad time. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Ryan, do you know how close this stays to the comics? I know you dropped from it, but I don't know how much reading you've done to know if it stays pretty true or if it kind of gets loosey-goosey. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'll let you know in a couple weeks when we finish it, but um, yeah. it's been so long, and I dropped off, I'm going to say halfway through, so probably I got through like 30 issues, with no yeah. desire to go back. Like It was really a chore uh, mm. from my favorite comic book writer. Um, but my guess is that, and based on a little bit of what I've heard, um, that they're going to really, really strip it down. And, I mean, they don't want the audience to do that thing that you're already, you already, Cassie, have anxiety about doing of like, fuck, man, why do I have to worry about this time travel bullshit? Just, I want to see four mm-hmm. girls hanging out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that they, I hope that this first episode is like sort of a precursor of how to handle the time travel and the hangout. Because this, I thought, mm-hmm. was a good. Uh, mixture of about yeah. half and half. Maybe a little more mm-hmm. to the hangout. I know they're not going to hang out as much as they do in the rest of the episodes in the first one, but not too much more time travel than this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- right now it is a good balance, and I, I, I hope that does stay with it too. Um, are you guys going to stick with it for the season, pop in and out, or how you've, 
beginning and end. Beginning and end with this one seems like it might be confusing. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if you could pull that off. I'm gonna I don't watch, know if it's one of those courses. I'm going to watch every fourth one and be like, what's happening? It's so confusing. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. No, I, I'm going to watch it all. Hell yeah. Okay, I will do that too. I wanted somebody to do it with, but... um. I think they're shorter episodes, right? And we're going to try and do yeah. two a week. So, yeah, I'm in until it's it gets way worse than this. I actually kind of like this. Like, I was into it. The, yeah, I'm it, curious on what happens next. So. Yeah, it, it definitely hooked me story-wise. And the corniness is more fun than cringe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, you guys, that's all the time we have to talk about Paper Girls. But you know you know how I do. You know I save time to talk about a website. And Caitlin, my friend, any any word that comes to your mind that you want to throw to make a website right now, what would you say? Oh, my goodness. Any word in the world. Wow. Mr. McCheese. Mr. Not McCheese. Not even mayor, just mister. Just the, the mister. He's yet to become mayor, or right now he's it's a his son. Mr. McCheese. Mr. McCheese. Okay, is this just like a narrative website, I guess? or Mr. McCheese tells you about all of the cheeses, and uh, he also tells you about his father, Mayor McCheese. It's like a, a bibliography. Is that what they're called? For sure. Yeah. I'm going to say It's yes. a bibliography almanac <laughs> of Mayor McCheese. And general cheeses. And general just about good cheeses. Jack- kind of sprinkled in like my dad was, you know, born here and here. Um, yeah. Colby Jack. He made a lot start- of cheddar. <laughs> I believe Great General on. Cheese was the grandfather. He fought in the cheese wars. <laughs> He became Swiss cheese after that. (laughs) It's got to be a deep dive into the cheese wars. Like that's that's that juicy stuff that everybody's gonna want to read. It's it's the Gouda stuff, you know. See, you're a natural for this. This is gonna be a huge website, and that's why I need to direct you to my friends, my friends Mm Cybersprout.net, because I know you're gonna spend so much time writing this good story, putting those good cheese puns in there. You're not gonna have time to worry about building a website. That's complicated. That's why I'm gonna send you to Cybersprout.net because they can handle it for you they focus on collaboration they offer premium hosting that's specifically built for wordpress they handle the security maintenance backup speed optimizations they'll even migrate your website for free if you already got one wow it's easy to manage if you did want to dip your toes in there they have easy to edit fields custom templates drag and drop tools cybersprout.net your partners (laughs) it's it's the stinky one it's stinky. She you dip your toe in it. You said toe, and I was like, stinky. And it's like blue cheese, obviously. I think she's writing obviously. it out of puns, Cassie. Uh, Cassie, can, <laughs> can I have, can I, uh, I just called Cyber Sprout 2 about something. So I wanted to run yeah. it by you. Um, okay, go for it. Because you're the person who just said, hey, Caitlin, can you think of a word and then do a whole <laughs> bit about it? Yeah. So I just got lazyhost.net. Um, yeah. If you want to uh, sign up for that. And... I think Cassie wrote that you whole got blog, the actually. <laughs> Honestly, if you got the domain for lazyhost.net, I will do big things with that. I love that. Um, and I was trying to ease the anxiety by, say, just throw a name out there and try to work with her. But I'm sorry. Uh, She's my looking with me bad. just like Starbursprout. <laughs> <laughs> also, Cybersprout offers all of your hosting needs, which we could use we help with. <laughs> Starbursprout. <laughs> All right. Well, that was an excellent ad, which means it's now time to go over to our pull list. <laughs> we are back for the pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Riverdale. On the penultimate season finale of Riverdale, a comet is heading straight for the city. Only Cheryl has the power to stop it. Unfortunately, and I need you guys to stay with me here. Yes? Okay. All right. You got us. Unfortunately, a lot of her power is being used on half of the characters on the show, 
because she has revived them all and is keeping them alive. So half the characters have died this season. She brought them back, and we find out that she has a like a constant stream of her power going to them to keep them alive. Okay. Which means okay. if she, if she stops the comet, some or all of the revived people will die permanently. Wow. Luck- luckily, Veronica figures out a way to suck up everyone's powers and then kiss Cheryl, <laughs> giving Cheryl all of the powers in the city. Cheryl has, no ch- Cheryl has no choice but to wear a Scarlet Witch outfit and send the comet away. This does not come without repercussions. However, as the whole gang gets sent to another place, once the comet is exploded, Taste Buds, I ask you this. Where do we think everyone went? Uh, where Sabrina set. Incorrect. Re- Damn it. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Uh, the moon. Incorrect. Uh, I'll give you guys uh. one more round of guesses. Uh, it's a different time. <gasps> They already did war times in the past, or was it the future? I don't know. I'm going to say they went to Roman era. Ka- Caitlin? Uh, they're going to the year 3000. The correct answer. Uh, Archie wakes up, and he's like, wow, I feel weird, but whatever. Goes downstairs, and his mom is crying. Molly Ringwald is crying because she's looking at a newspaper. James Dean just died in a car accident the night before. Archie puts on his Riverdale jacket. Jughead is wearing the classic crown. Mm. They went back to the era of the comic books, and that is where our final season will take place. Gotcha. You know what? That sounds pretty exciting, though. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It's a, it'll be a big change, but I think I'll like that. It's, it sounds fun. It Was sounds it a little fun? bit grounded. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows with Riverdale, though? Uh, Jughead still remembers, though. So we. Oh. Jughead knows that they went. That this is wrong for them, or maybe this is, like Caitlin, you were saying, exactly right for them. It feels like, you know, after they have gotten um, so incredibly wild, it seems like they needed, this seems like the perfect reset to just be like, you know what, take it to the basic. It seems like they had this plan all of along almost to be like, get as wild as you want, and then we're just going to take it to the comic. I, which yeah. is like a clean reset, it feels like. I think it would be great if it's just Archie, like, batting off. Betty and Veronica, they both want his dick for some reason. Uh, <laughs> playing football and pep rallies and just nothing crazy for 22 episodes. It would. It sounds, after all these years of wildness, progressive wildness, mm-hmm. it sounds refreshing. But Ryan, 20, you just said 23, 22 episodes? Yeah. Fuck. I, I care about it. Uh, okay. I think we'll get maybe five, if that. Then. To stick with it? Yeah, to stick with this, if that. There, if that, there's, yeah. I, I maybe one. Well, uh, speaking of craziness, real quick before I go, um, I got to tell you guys about, and I don't know if this would take place in the 50 season next season, but in this episode, uh, Cheryl has Abigail, who's like Cheryl's evil twin that lives in a mirror. Abigail mm-hmm. says she will help Cheryl destroy the comet, but she has to do Abigail a favor. Um, Abigail has to come out of the mirror, take over nope. Cheryl's body. Nope. Uh, Abigail's love, Thomasina, has to take over Tony's body, Tony Topaz, and they have to have sex for an entire night, all night, for the entire night, um, and that's how she will uh, help her destroy the comet. Cheryl's current girlfriend watches all of this. And no. says, oh, my God. Uh, just watching, 
Abigail and Thomasina together, Cheryl, I realize that you and Tony are endgame, as the show would call it. And so uh-huh. Heather does leave because she watched two ghosts from the 1800s inhabit two Riverdale teenagers and fuck all night. Wow. I, I just want to spend a day in the Riverdale writer's room. <laughs> I, it's literally like if I could go anywhere in the world. I would just love to go into the wider writer's room to let them see like. It's <laughs> literally a generator. That's all it is. It's not even writers. <laughs> it's AI that writes this shit because it's like, wow, how do you get from here to here? It's so it's so good. Um, this episode, it was throwing a lot at us um, and you threw even more at us right now. <laughs> I know the last one you said was pretty good. Um, did you how how this one do? Uh, for moment of the week, uh, Archie proposes to Betty, and Betty turns him down and says, mm. "You know what? Maybe we wait until things are less crazy." Oh, by the way, they're also all in a barrier. The city is wrapped in a barrier that they can't get out of. That way, the comet will kill them all. And while everybody is trying to figure out the comet, it's Archie's job to take a giant hammer and just hit the barrier for the entire episode. <laughs> Does That's no damage. He just hits the barrier. <laughs> drives back from the barrier to take a little break. Proposes to Betty. Um, she says, no, why don't we wait to see if we don't all die from the comet. And then Archie says, he gets up to leave. Turns around and says, I'm going to break through that barrier so I can marry you, Betty Cooper. And then yeah! goes back to the barrier with his hammer. Uh, Archie. <laughs> so... Archie Andrews, I love you, buddy. That sounds like a fairy Archie thing, though. Ugh, I that's love that. exactly how you utilize Archie. That's yeah. that's a room that knows who Archie is. It was <laughs> like, let's just fucking make him make him beat a barrier. Let's just do this. <laughs> this is so I can marry Betty Cooper. <laughs> uh, thank you for doing the work and watching the episode. Uh, Riverdale Sundays on the CW. Our final show of the week is Harley Quinn. On episode three and four of Carly Quinn, the gang takes over Bruce Wayne's mansion after blowing up their house, and Clayface. Place kills his way onto James Gunn's acting roster. Meanwhile, Ivy is still trying to perfect her terraforming formula, but Harley keeps finding ways to distract her. Taste buds, I ask you this: Do you think Bane will ever get his pasta maker back? That's such a good question, Caitlin. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I I just wonder how much does Bane need more to do this season? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but. I, like these two episodes were not my favorite. My uh-huh. favorite parts of these two episodes were Bane, uh-huh. and that's why I like focused on him the most. The first episode was like all about the Villies, and because Harley really wanted to win a Villie because her and Joker won one, so now she wants to win with Harley. And then she realizes she doesn't want to win it at all because she loves Ivy no matter what. And then they win it. I was like, okay, it wasn't Are- that. There wasn't as many like punchlines like the first two episodes. Uh huh. Are the Villies more prestigious than the Shushies? <laughs> Nothing no, is no more way. prestigious than the Shushies, no Brian. <laughs> Don't even ask that. But um, back to that question. I feel like they're used, utilizing Bane exactly how they utilize Archie. They know exactly what to do. <laughs> they just throw him in when they need, and it's beautiful and perfect every uh, time. Bane will keep me coming back, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> Bane. Bane. <laughs> he fucking sucks, and everyone in the city knows it. <laughs> There's one point where at the and I love Joker as the host. Like he does that little um that intro song that award show oh, hosts have. Where I did I did love that. He's about to kill Robin in an alley and then he's like, Oh, I gotta go. It's the Villies time. <laughs> um but and then like th- as soon as he's out on stage, just makes a joke about Bane and everyone laughs because Bane fucking sucks. You gotta have that guy. Gotta. Was the did the these episodes dip a bit for you, Ryan, or no? Uh, 
a little bit, only in that it's it's a hard show to talk about. And uh, Cassie, I'll ask you uh, after you listened to the show last week. Yeah. Did we do a good job talking about Harley Quinn, or was it just reciting punchlines the entire time? I mean, it was. It's a lot of reciting punchlines. It but has that's to be. What, it, that's what this show is, and that's like honestly, like why we love it. Sometimes there's just those shows where you just want to quote lines at each other. Like I think you should leave. We don't say anything coherent about that show besides no. so funny and quote lines. There is nothing so. coherent about that show, so there's no way you can. <laughs> it's a beautiful masterpiece. It is. That's but all. sometimes you just got to quote the funny lines back to each other, and that's like a bonding. Is it necessarily what people want to hear? I don't know. I'm into it. I literally <laughs> thought about the rats shitting out other rats and then the rat man situation <laughs> this whole week, and that's what got me through this week, and I love that. Mm-hmm. These two episodes, it's not something I'm going to think about next week. Yeah. There is no rat situation, no rat babies. I think that's that, what. Yeah, I think that last week set up the season, right? The mm-hmm. first two episodes that we reviewed, and now we're sort of getting the season going. Um, you know, if there's going to be drama between Ivy and Harley, that hasn't totally started yet. It's just on the edges. Who the big bad of the season? It so yeah, I could see how. There's not a lot to propel us through the third and fourth episodes, but mm. I still think I still think it's like top five funniest shows on TV. And oh yeah, sure. I think that the person who's carrying me through, the person who does not, the character who does not get enough respect, is in the show and in our world is Commissioner Gordon, who is not just <laughs> a fucking loser. Like Bane is like the classic loser. Commissioner Gordon is a weird sort of loser. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he, I, he, he. he Thinks he should have respect. People sort of do, but sort of don't. He's kind of a perv. He's kind of a dick. Uh, I I think he's a really well-written character and much closer to how cops act in real life than how yeah. Batman has ever done cops before. Yeah, that's what I do love checking in with him because every time he's on screen, I'm like, fuck this guy. And that's exactly how I would feel about him in real life. So I'm like, you've done it right. There's no character where I'm like, your interpretation of him is the wrong one. These These are my true ones for all of them. Is he better than Ryan Atwood at being the commissioner? Um, okay. I don't know. So sorry to come at you like that. Um, in my heart, yes. Uh, deepest apologies, Ryan. True to character because she loves Ryan Atwood as <laughs> commissioner. Caitlin, I did want to ask you, um, was this your first cartoon orgy that you have ever attended? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I think it's a yes. <laughs> I think this is my first cartoon orgy that I've ever seen. <laughs> it was wild um uh i was not expecting an owl orgy on the second episode we watched um and okay first of all bruce wayne was there he was there for the fucking the the orgy was he not he wanted to leave before quote unquote the party started though so he like you know sometimes he's down to fuck and then other times he wants to dip before the fucking i guess ah gotcha (laughs) he has his nights where he wants to be a little freaky freak also, yeah, th- this week we found out that he was a paw guy. Um, if Catwoman has bottom paws, uh, he's into feet. He's into Catwoman's fucking stinky feet. Oh, That's no. Gross. Yeah, this uh, this one I was like, this, because, you know, when I tuned into Doom Patrol, it was like their orgy episode. And I was like, I have a curse. Like, <laughs> there was the one episode I tuned in for, and it was the cartoon orgy one. And I was like, this, this is how I fucked up in life. You did miss. You guys did skip the boys' is hero gasm though. So I'm proud not, of us for that. Let's our shows go have us. a lot of orgies. <laughs> Crazy. That's honestly. I saw the orgy and I was like, does every show we watch have to have an orgy? 
I was it's thinking possible. of the next one that's missing one. I was like, where where are we not bingoing right now? And that's where, like, in this episode, I don't know necessarily, is there ever a reason in the plot that there needs to be a massive orgy? I don't think so. And in this one specifically, I don't know why it was there. Didn't need to happen. But again, my favorite moment goes to Bane because he asked someone to help get his little Bane suit off and no one would help him. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then he just gets freaky on a sandwich. Yeah, because he couldn't get his shit off, man. And then his sandwich goes flaccid, yes? Yes, yep. it does. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, my great. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, great show. 10 out of 10. Caitlin, um, was that your moment of the week or you got another? Uh, Wait, hold on. Other- I like. I I wish that the three of us were around in the 70s. We're just hanging out. It becomes an orgy. And both of you are like, wait, does this need to become an orgy? Just you, you guys are those two at the party. <laughs> hold on. How does this further the plot? Let's talk about it. <laughs> You're saying you don't want to invite those type of people? Uh, no. no I, I, everyone's going to look at me like, who fucking invited these two <laughs> orgy haters? <laughs> well, that's why we've never been invited. Never will. Uh, Caitlin, moment of the week. Moment of the week. Uh, aside from everything that Bane's in, because again, my fave. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a moment where Harley has the uh, the gang all get all these uh, instruments that she finds in Bruce Wade's house. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that they're 2012 instruments. And we see one of them is shark. King shark is in uh, a drum set that goes oh, upside yeah. down. Yeah. And 2012 Travis, Travis Barker's <laughs> upside down drum set was cameoed here. And I was like, yes, that's King shark and Travis Barker. <laughs> oh, basically the same character. God damn it. It made me so happy. And then he fucking broke it. Ugh. It's just how you know you can trust the writers when they can make that pull and they're like, I'll fit this in the show somehow. Just watch me. <laughs> That's how because I was like at the beginning because I wasn't laughing as much as I was like the first two episodes. I was like, well, maybe this stuff is going over my head. And then that happened. I was like, no, they know what I want. That's exactly going, for me. <laughs> they're just going a little bit slower right now because they have a couple more episodes. Calm down. I will have to watch cartoons fuck, but you got me with this. Good job. <laughs> okay, you, job. G- you got me with the drum set. <laughs> you cater to everybody. Tra- uh, Travis Barker at one point said, uh, dr- playing drums is too easy. Please flip me over upside down and over and over again. <laughs> I just want to nonstop do McTwist in there like Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hawk did a 360. Now it's my turn. <laughs> Ryan, what's your moment of the week? I have to give my moment of the week to a character. Um, there is a planned Harley Quinn spinoff, although it's on HBO Max, so who knows, who knows? if it will actually happen. Um, but when I first heard that there was going to be a Kite Man spinoff, I was like, all right, this might be oh, pushing things a little far. Um, he has become one of the most well-rounded characters on the show. Um, yeah. and not like, not, I don't mean like best guy. I'm not saying he's a great guy, but like one of the more three-dimensional characters uh, out of a total joke. And as I was really realizing that, uh, Ivy and Kite Man's new girlfriend also realized that. She's like, Kite mm-hmm. Man, right? He's, he's a good guy. I like Kite Man. He is a good guy. Well, do you remember Kite Man's girlfriend's name? Golden Glider? The Golden Glider. <laughs> I, liked, I liked her, too. She wears oh. ice skates so she can fly. <laughs> 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 That's his girlfriend. Again, I would watch the shit out of a Kite Man show, though. Oh, uh, same. Especially if it's same same writers as Harley Quinn, I could trust them to put Travis Barker's drum set in anything. <laughs> <laughs> how much? How much could that be, Cassie, for Caitlyn's next birthday? Let's get her that drum Honestly? set that flips around. Flip me upside down. 
I could get her a not like you know not certified one. Then I could get her a cage that flips around at the very least. So I will be an astronaut. <laughs> Cassie has a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. Um, Harley Quinn is Thursdays on HBO Max. It's now time to go over to Extaz. Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, bitch, a mini show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s, X-Men the Animated Series. On Beyond Good and Evil Part 3, the episode opens up and you guys, we're at the axis of time with our boy. Can I agree this is our boy? Are you Uh, talking about Bender? Yeah, of course I'm talking about Bender. This guy, this fucking guy, this like <laughs> this fucking guy. I have so much anxiety thinking that you guys are watching this, being like, "Oh, Bishop and Ryan are hanging out. This is great." <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's Ryan. That's why I refer to him as our boy. Okay. Thank you. You are you are bringing that energy, but that's what we love about you. Okay, you crazy son of a bitch. Something has struck me weird about this location, and I can't figure out why, other than I don't know how it fits into the plot at all. And mm-hmm. I realized that Bishop and Bender are just hanging out on a Mario Kart track. Yeah, <laughs> they're in Rainbow Road. They're on Rainbow and Road. <laughs> they just flew off the track, and kind of like movie screens just come down to them. They're like, "This is what we're watching today, bud." And I'm like, "This is a crazy vibe," and I'm here for it. Yeah, it invented streaming. I just yeah. wish that I wish that Bishop or more uh, appropriately Bender would fall off the track, and then a little guy in a cloud would slowly Lucky bring him back yeah. up and put him there. God, what a delight. Um, so yeah, we are there, and then a screen drops down, and um, we're tuning into fucking Cable and Tyler out on a mission to uh go back to stop the Lazarus Chamber from oh. being created. Cassie, if you uh, if you had some questions about the time travel of Paper Girls, yes, <laughs> I got nothing for you here. <laughs> Ryan, I um I missed one episode in this series, uh, Beyond Good and Evil or whatever it is. And in the recap, I just it was a constant stream of oh no, oh, <laughs> oh no, too much happened. Oh oh no. That's okay because the episode that you missed was mostly a recap of the episode before that. So great, good, perfect. love that. Um, but yeah, we are so we do cut to and join um both Cable and his his good boy Tyler who are out there and trying to get the dome down so they can get into the chamber i believe yeah that's i think you're right right like close enough at least door and chamber uh and uh, i think the most confusing part was somebody said like tyler said like uh dad i just want to make you proud that's confusing (laughs) to me because tyler you're never gonna make anybody proud like (laughs) you fucking suck Tyler, you know, hey, you can't say that. Tyler straight sacrificed himself. That dome, that barrier wasn't down, so he couldn't get in that chamber slash door slash whatever the fuck it is. And uh, Tyler was like, I got this. Let me get murdered by this robot real quick, Dad, while you go do that. Tyler, hero, Ryan, hero material. Tyler, hero. Tyler, hero. Our next next big guy. Did the guy that... Tyler was like going against it. He looked like a gaming controller fuck Bumblebee, or was that just me? I could see that. Like yeah. I saw, like he had like That's a D pad on him and everything. Yeah, I was like, they just they just threw these guys together. I was like, I don't know if Bumblebee was a thing back then, but sometimes you just gotta like pull from what's already there. You gotta make the animation easier. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Bumblebee, wait, Bumblebee is from the eighties, folks. I know okay. it seems like Michael Bay invented him and the, his first time hanging out with Haley Haley. What's her name? Eisenberg. Uh, 
That's the Bumblebee was around a long time before the X Men. I'm not. I'm not getting pissed off right now, but I'm. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm on the. Say- I'm on the fucking verge. Like, I know Transformers were, but I didn't know Bumblebee, the Bumblebee, you know? The, the Bumblebee. Bumble- the Bumblebee! Bumblebee! <laughs> you know? Um, but because of Tyler's great sacrifice, heroic sacrifice, uh, Cable does get in there, and he could get to some ship called Grey Malkin or something like that, and yep. he's like, what's up? I'm going to get in the ship. It looks like a spider. And when he's off flying in that thing, Apocalypse is just watching him, and he's like, great, uh, you got to make one more stop for me. And that stop is the X-Men. And that's where I'm thoroughly confused. Cause Wait, hold on. Point- we, we have to go back real quick. I'm so sorry. Cable running to Greymalk in the ship that looks like a spider, but also like half a planet. Looks yeah. like a tick. Um, like, yeah, yes, tick that's, it's a tick. It looks like a tick. It sucked uh, up a planet. <laughs> He's running into a room, and uh, all of the robots get shut out of the room except for one robot's laser arm that just fires yeah. lasers at him the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Man, could you have not done something about that laser arm while you were in there? <laughs> or get a better door, like a stronger door. Like I feel like we've watched enough cartoons to see like the arm get chopped off, and then it's just an arm on the floor. But the laser arm just it. keeps shooting at him. It just keeps yeah. going, like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like the a person who just keeps eating food even though they know it's hot. Just fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> But he knew it would make him look so much cooler as he went down that circular platform, like, 20 feet down. And lasers are just going around him like he's a goddamn DJ. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he also say, like, uh, you can't get me. I'll be down in one minute. Dude, one minute's, like, kind of a long time. Yeah. He said something about, like, I have all the time in the world or I'll be here for only a minute. I was like, they're moving pretty quickly, my bro. They look like they got you, dog. Like (laughs) (laughs) When, When he was running through that whole place... I thought the set design was really incredible. Like, it it was inventive, and it looked really good. But the animation was dog shit. Do you guys that think w- that they hired one incredible artist and 200 terrible artists, and that's how they made this episode? Like, I know animation was a struggle for him in the early ones. And then when we got to the later seasons, we were like, damn, people got, they respect the show, they got some animation. In this episode, I was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. What happened here, friends? <laughs> And, there's, um, one, there's one point later on where Cable runs down a tunnel, uh, but instead of running down the hole that's closed there, he just runs into the wall and just keeps going. <laughs> they don't care. Nobody fucking cares. They just don't care. But so, yeah, we do get there. He does escape in the ship, and um, that's when Apocalypse is also watching him through some time screen thing, and he's like, make a stop for me. And that stop, of course, is the X-Men mansion, because it's got to be. We got to get our friends. Um, when they meet up, it is both of them just yelling at each other, like, why are you here? I was wondering the same thing. This is my plan. This is my plan. And it's just a lot of screaming at each other. Also, there's a point where Cable is explaining to the X-Men what's going on. And instead of being in the audience, Wolverine decides to stand right next to Cable Mm -hmm. and then does all of his movements with him. Again, I don't know if this is an animation thing or if this is just Wolverine's the kind of guy where, like, hey, I have to tell everybody something. He's like, well, so do I. And so he just stands next to you while you're giving the information. Yeah, there was, he was doing a lot on this one. You know, he was mocking him, maybe just copying him. And then also he did have to go while uh, Cable was like, I don't care about psychics. I'm here to get my boy Tyler back and get to the Lazarus chamber or whatever. And they were like, hey, I think this might all be tied together. Uh, Wolverine is torturing Sabretooth to mm-hmm. get some info out of him. Yeah, because just super casually. Just casual. You know, at first Cyclops does come in there and he's dad mode yelling at him like, I'm disappointed in you. And Wolverine's like, I fucking got this, bro. Uh, releases Sabretooth and they just fight it out. 
Yeah, what we don't see is Cyclops, because of his visor, he is winking at Wolverine. Like, well, that's it. We can't do anything else. Wink, 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 wink. Wolverine, please torture him. <laughs> please get some info. Um, and he does. It works. He ends up dragging uh, Sabretooth into the meeting hall like, where everyone is. And he's like, hey, it is all connected. This guy's working for Apocalypse. And that's when everybody, I guess, comes on board for the same mission. And, I think- uh yeah, I think this is a thing with X-Men outside of the cartoon, but like in the comics and everything of like, we are heroes. We only do what's right. Again, wink, wink, wink. And we yeah. have special people who do very fucked up shit. Wolverine walks into a meeting with a borderline corpse of Sabretooth, throws it into the middle of the room, and nobody bats an eye. They're like, no good, Wolverine. Yeah, you're, this, is, this is what your job is. We, we have to like, uh, you know, save face, and we're like the public figures. You just fucking almost kill people just to get information. That's great. They do double down on it, too. You just reminded me because he drags him in and there's something like he doesn't have all the information like they needed more. And that's when Charles is like, they're like, probe is mine. And he is like, I'm, I swore I would never do this to anybody who I could like didn't without say they consent. W- yeah. And they were like, well, then we're fucked. And he was like, you know what? We're right. You're right. Let me do this real quick. It's <laughs> <Yeah, dude. laughs> like valid point. It was such a quick turnaround. And I was, was like, let's go X-Men. OK, like, I would never I would never do it without consent. And then he's like, well, we need it. It's like, OK, well, <laughs> with this one time, I've been convinced you did such a good job convincing me. <laughs> you got it. Um, so, you know, the team does break up at this point. Uh, of course, Jubilee and Shard are left behind because what are they going to do on this mission? Um, and they, everyone else loads up and they go to Cairo. Do they just go back? They go to Egypt. Yeah. Great. They're, they make it to, uh, they do somehow travel back in time to get to the point when the Lazar Chamber was first created to try to destroy it. I have no Um, idea what you're talking about. Like... (laughs) Now I'm I'm just like I'm thinking like what the fuck I, I watched this episode did any of this shit actually happen <laughs> I don't know the only but way it, I knew where we were is because Storm had like five lines and I was like oh yes I understand now <laughs> thank you Storm um, I do know that we do end up at the pyramid because you guys once they open up that pyramid guess who's fucking there the four fucking horsemen. My yeah. other, uh, f- you know how I love these horsemen, you guys. And horsemen 2.0 or 1.0 because we went back in time. Who knows? Love them even more. Just four idiots who look like they were on a carousel that broke down. Yep, yep. <laughs> and this, they flew off of the carousel. This delighted me so much. These horses. So the animation, they didn't make it where the horse's legs moved. Ah! They just float yep. like a kid, like pretending like something can fly. Like as it's going through the pyramid of flying, like it's just a fucking horse floating through. And and I love okay. it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it truly does look like they have a pole through them, too. Is they not? Or is it just like a spear that the person on them is holding? They all have, like, weapons is what I think got you. Um, There's like I was like, this is a straight carousel thing. (laughs) Like, a sticker being pushed around here. Oh, guys, the horsemen are so good. Uh, Guys, real quick, this is sort of a side note. I just bought a really clunky flying robot horse that's all made of metal and the joints are metal where should i move to should i move to a place where it's only (laughs) sand and there's constant sandstorms would that be the best place for me that's that's why their joints don't move anymore they used to move (laughs) and now they can only float oh it's just like 
I know biblically they're called the four horsemen of the apocalypse, <laughs> but the, how literally apocalypse has to take that is just amazing. <laughs> the well, they need time. horses then. <laughs> they need horses. <laughs> it makes me so happy. The first time I was bummed because we did get a voice actor, um, the first time we saw the horsemen, um, and she could scream like a motherfucker. We got no no voices out of these ones, just metal horses. It was fine. There was still a lot of battle with these and they rarely left their horses, which was a true gift. <laughs> uh, man, I bet you if they got off their horses, they would kick some ass in battle. But they just refused to and got wiped the fuck just out. fly around. Just stay on their horses the whole time. Um, but yeah, in the midst of like all these fights, it they happen. They like briefly split up and then the horsemen come back into the tomb thing and they all meet up again. It's just a lot of fighting between all of these and um <laughs> at one point um archangel who used to be a one of the four horsemen goes up to one of the current horsemen and says i uh he says there's no use fighting me i had your job once yeah does that mean i can go up to anybody who works at taco bell and say <laughs> there's no use fighting me i had your job once and just beat the shit out of them i literally when he said that i was like Okay, and like <laughs> he's like, I know the fucking protocol. Okay, try to use any terms. I'm gonna know what it means. I was like, Archangel, you sound like a like kind of a bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, you bitch. you th- with a halo on your fucking <laughs> chest. <laughs> you little bitch. Hey, little bitch. <laughs> um, but in the midst of this battle, Cable does go down. Um, at this point, Cyclops is just like, leave him here. In the middle of the tomb while we go after Apocalypse because we got things uh, to do. Yeah. So, yeah, they're all down. They're Indiana Jonesing, right? And mm-hmm. this, they're all in this tomb looking for where to go. Uh, Cable barely gets nicked. Like, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. What we, need is for, what we need is for Cable to not be killed at the end so he can be the big hero. So they're like, oh, he got a boo-boo. He got a splinter. So we'll leave him here. Um, and then they go into this room. Yeah, and that's when apparently it was all a trap because it is. it does seem like apox- Apocalypse is there. It's his time to be summoned or whatever. But guess what, guys? Not Apocalypse. It's Mystique. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she zaps all of them. Are they dead? Who knows? Um, but it's all part of the plan because uh, he got his big bad. Uh, Apocalypse does now have Professor X. Mm-hmm. And that is where we leave off, which to be continued to part four. Which, guys, uh, whew, whew, we're dealing with a lot. I mean, Professor X, they're, they, uh, we're trying to get around all these booby traps because that's the one thing we know. That's the one that th- thing that historians know about pyramids. Covered in booby traps. So and Professor X is not able to avoid the ultimate booby trap of his chair tipped over and he yes! can't move. <laughs> God, I have here, it tipped over. Like, I feel like we should have, like, a running count of how many times this fucking chair tips over. Because I swear to God, it's been every single episode I've watched. If he's on a mission and doesn't stay in the mansion, that shit's tipping over. It's tipping over or getting shot where he cannot move anymore. (laughs) And you know what? Guaranteed. If it was just a normal wheelchair, it would be fine. But it's like he tried to make something futuristic and floaty, and the shit don't work, dude. It doesn't work. (laughs) That's all I thought about this time. I was like, if this was a normal, like, maybe even electric wheelchair, I think this dude would be okay. I would just like to say, during this time in the 80s when this was out, I believe we had Weevil Wobble technology, where they weevil and the wobble dip, but they don't fall down. And this motherfucker couldn't even get that technology on his wheelchair. His chair hovers. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it falls still down. falls over somehow. Oh man, love you, Professor X. Love it's also. I mean, he's rich enough. The Weeble Wobbles, which came out in the eighties, this was a nineties show. Cassie, I, I, yeah, I that's hate what, to keep schooling you guys. No, but that's why so I'm saying we, the technology was already out, Ryan. He we had to, we mastered it. We had a Weeble Wobble, but like if he had just turned his legs into a Weeble Wobble, You're then so right. it'd be impossible to fall over. Then he'd be invincible, and we wouldn't <laughs> be in these fucking predicaments. Then he would be God. invincible. God. All right, you guys, let's go to, obviously, now time to go to awards off of that. Um, we got to start it off with most 90s thing. So, Caitlin, what do you got for that? Uh, most 90s thing. Okay, when Cable's in the giant tick, uh, the planet tick. Yeah. There is a moment where he, he has to go to, you know, profess the, the X-Men area. Mm. And all the colors are inverted. And I felt like that was very 90s. How else are you going to know things are about to get wacky? Like, I was like, wow, this reminds me of Dragon Ball Z, basically any cartoon, Pokemon. They all did this inverted whenever they're getting into a battle. I was like, something's happening. Or you know you're in the middle of a commercial for Lunchables. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> God, I wish. Uh, Ryan, what do you got for most 90s thing? Uh, when Cable and his bullshit son are, uh, <laughs> they're like looking at the dome and they put yeah. on their their uh, supersonic binoculars and they're moving their binoculars around and there's this thing I think it came from like Star Wars and a lot of stuff where it will have like the what do you call it the longitude latitude the, oh, yeah. num- the numbers at the bottom but every yeah. time he moves his binoculars the numbers go crazy which means mm-hmm. the people who made this cartoon don't know what the numbers are for they're just like you know what we should have a ton of numbers all at the bottom <laughs> that's the most 90s part of this episode uh, binocular I, numbers love that uh for most 90s thing i do have when professor x went into uh sabers sabertooth's mind um the direct quote of what did you see when and um he just responds with portals clocks and time related images wow. that's the most 90s thing to not sum up fucking time travel when you don't know what's happening they're just like uh, portals uh, yes. clocks <laughs> time top three related. things of the 90s portals <laughs> clocks Time-related images. Time-related Time images. images specifically got me so good. Love that. it's not even, like, memories. It's images. <laughs> like, they threw a JPEG in there. <laughs> it's very good. Um, but, Ryan, as our expert, you have been schooling us this whole time on when things came out. I will give it to you for binocular numbers. It's um, cool to be uh, to be really rude and pedantic and then get yeah. points for it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what we love to reward here. Um, our next award is going to be Best Gas Blind. Ryan, what do you got for it? Uh, Cable is talking to Scott Summers about how he misses his son. <laughs> and Scott is saying, I miss somebody too. And talking about his father. And what the two don't know is that they, Cable and Cyclops, are father and son. I gasped. What? I gasped. Wait, how did we know? How did you find that out today? That Cyclops and Cable are father and son? Yeah, and was that something we found out in this episode? No, this is something we found out a while ago. This is something I've known my entire life, Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) He came out the womb. (laughs) We found this out because the picture, right? It was a couple episodes. Yeah, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, okay, I remember that. There's some picture, some time-related images yes. of this. It's it's yet another picture that Wolverine was laying on his bed looking at like a lazy <laughs> bitch. <laughs> uh, for best gas flying, I do have one I thought Tyler like 
when Tyler straight up sacrificed himself, you guys. I was oh like, my god, you have a crush well, on Tyler. Well, I don't don't tell him that. You, I don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to tell him in third period. <laughs> don't tell him. <laughs> I totally don't. Um, but yeah, he was just. I gasped, you guys, when he was like, "Go, Dad, run! I'll, I'll, I'll take this bullet." Because when did Tyler become such a hero? Caitlin, let's see what he got. Uh, my my. Uh, my gas line, it has to go to Apocalypse. It's the very end when he says, uh, I've captured the king. And then you see Charles Xavier. I was like, the king? Yes, king? Who the fuck is calling this guy the king? Yes, my short king. Yeah, I was like, okay, king. <laughs> I was like, okay, Apocalypse. I gasps. I was like, oh, all right. That's not what I expected. <laughs> you do, know you guys what? Th- do you think Professor X would be cooler if he had a ring that had a crown on it? Just so that he knew that he was the king at all times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he would be fucking so badass. So he tell himself that. every day, he's like, I am the king. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I, at first I thought it was going to be you, but then it was like Apocalypse called this like this term that we were going to have. Like he knew he was a king from the beginning, and that's the true guest. Uh, so that point is going to go to Caitlin. And our next award is going to be best use of power. Caitlin, what do you got for it? Oh man, I think I've I've done this once before, but every time I see it, it's just like, damn, that's how you use your power. Uh, Wolverine's nose. He smells out a booby trap, and I'm like, damn, that's He's- pretty good. He smells out a booby trap by smelling, is it lumber? Or he something? smelled yeah. sap. Or, Fucking yeah. sap. Sap. <laughs> I was like, well, how does this relate? Are you animal? Like, I don't understand Wolverine in this. Like, is he part animal? Like, like I know adamantium. Like, I get that. But mm-hmm. like... How come you, you have get such that? a good? Uh, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> fucking, check, I fucking get that. It. But like this whole nose, like, did that come with it? Do you have like super smell now? Because he smells out a lot of things. Yeah. And how much better? Meats. How much better would the scene have been? Like, because they're walking into the pyramid with all the booby traps, and Wolverine's like, "Stop! Don't move." <laughs> how much better it would have been if he was like, "I farted." <laughs> At least once, I feel like they have to do it. At least <laughs> once for us. We've already know that he has a good nose, so we know he knows how to smell him out, too. So he's got to uh, be the fart sniffer. A good nose, but, like, I bet Wolverine's farts are fucking disgusting. <laughs> oh, for sure, nasty. He eats only meat. It's got to be nasty. He's got nasty. the worst meat farts. I think he eats only cigar butts. <laughs> <laughs> only the bub. <laughs> bub. <laughs> Fucking nailed it, Caitlin. Thank Beautiful. Uh, Ryan, what do you got for best use of power? Uh, best use of power, Cassie, is obviously, and I know that I've used this one before, uh, it's Cyclops' loud leadership. He's just always screaming out things like, we don't care about your son. We what? have to go. <laughs> he screamed so much on this one. And it he was screams, just... and there's no reason. Like Everyone's standing in the same room as him. <laughs> and he's like, everyone, knock it off. Like, Cyclops, we were just sitting here. We were just eating dinner quietly. Knock it off because it's time to go. <laughs> he'll get in up to someone's face, and he'll be like, I'm sorry about the loss of your son. And I'm like, bro, you but got-, got to go. We <laughs> got up in his face. You didn't need to scream that. It's going to be okay. And man, every uh, to end every sentence, like, all right, it's time for everyone to go to sleep. And we got to go. Like, shut the <laughs> fuck up, Cyclops. We can't always fucking go, Cyclops. Also, uh, Cy- does Cyclops, do you guys have that energy of every time he talks to you, it's ton of spit right in your face? Oh, for yes. sure. For sure, for sure, yes. I love that guy. <laughs> You're the only one. Uh, for best use of power... <laughs> 
Hey, that's a close one, Ryan. But obviously, um, guys, it's going to be the power of metal fucking horses uh, that the horsemen have. Thank you very much. I am obviously going to give that point to me and for all the horsemen. Thank you. Our next award is LVP. Ryan, what do you got for it? Caitlin, uh, you know that Cass and I are getting you a drum set that turns over while you play it? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> for Cassie's birthday, should mm-hmm. we just get her a fucking straight-up metal horse for her to fly yes. around on? Fucking radical. Yes. yes. The hovering horse. I love that. <laughs> Make sure not a single joint on that horse moves. <laughs> not a single one. She has to sell her car, but I don't think she'll need it anymore. No. no I'll have this floating horse. And the, the guys, the best part, the joints are in position like it's galloping. Like it's uh-huh. not straight legs. Like it's yes, mid like a carousel. It's it has to good. lay on its side when it gets down. It's like good. it can't stand. It's it will so have good. to go on its side. Love those horses. All right, LVP run. It's the four horsemen and those fucking horses, Cassie. Absolutely Are you kidding not. me? Get the fuck out of here. Garbage response, Caitlin. We have uh, no. Hold on. We have four incredibly powerful mutants who are have a ton of powers themselves, but they can't use them because they're on rickety, rockety. <laughs> joint blown out dusty ass metal <laughs> horses no it's like a mech when you combine with it it only makes you stronger oh that's Christ. their fucking that's their teammate bro um that's a garbage response you're obviously not getting any points <laughs> so let's see what caitlin has uh my lvp is gonna be xavier obviously because my my boy he said i don't do anything without consent and then does exactly what he said he's not going to do which is getting to Sabretooth's mind so I've- um I'm sorry, Caitlin, real quick. Are you talking about uh, Charles Xavier, the guy who uh, floats around on a hunk of shit piece of metal, just like the four horsemen of the apocalypse? (laughs) They are beautiful souls, and you respect them, and they are nothing like his little piece of shit hovercraft, okay? I'm sure if the the apocalypse guys, if the four horsemen were like... Hey, it's the apocalypse guys! (laughs) (laughs) Hey! What's up, Apocalypse? <laughs> We're here for you, man, always. Um, I bet you if they said that they were not going to do something because they were waiting for consent, I'm pretty sure they would follow through. But my man, Profess X, like he's like, no. no, I will get in that mind no matter what. Yeah, uh, thro- throwing around that word and then ignoring the fact that you threw it around yeah. is so weird to watch yeah. now. <laughs> it's I, weird. That was, I think, the most jarring because it's like, you said right. That sounded good. <laughs> we do. You, this show specifically teaches us how to like act. Um, so I do feel like you do need to double down on that. <laughs> this was like kind of the guidebook for a lot of kids. So let's go ahead and keep that one true. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for LVP, I do have Cable for somehow being a bigger bitch than Scott. There's two guys always yelling in the room, and it's Cable and Scott. Neither of them are listening to what's going on. They're both yelling about their plans that they have to do. But Cable specifically, every time they're like, okay, so this is this huge thing going on. I believe it's all connected. And Cable's like, I don't care about no mind shit. I got a tomb to get to. And I'm like, damn, Cable. I got to save my son, Tyler. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot. Um, C- Cassie, here's why your answer is bunk. At one point, in a, in a very Scooby-Doo style of animation, Cable runs down one hallway and into another and leads the bad guys in there and then runs back out of that hallway as a booby trap goes off. And he's you're like, right. yeah, that's fucking genius. That's MVP right there. Uh, you're right. That's fucking genius. So that one obviously got to go to Caitlin because Ryan gave a garbage answer <laughs> and consent uh, is important. So, Caitlin, you're getting that point. Yay. Our final award is MVP. Uh, Caitlin, what do you got for it? It's Tyler. 
Fucking, what the that's fuck right am it is. I that's hearing right, it's right now? Fucking Tyler. He fucking oh sacrificed God. himself, Brian. This whole episode wouldn't have happened if Tyler didn't sacrifice himself. They didn't get that fucking dome he down. He threw okay? himself off of a uh, a cliff for I don't know why. Honestly, he, it looked like he may have lost dramatic. His yeah, dramatic. Uh, d- but it was it. worth it. What about the line where Cable was like, he looked right at his son and said, "I've heard of Tyler Durden, but you're Tyler Burden because you have ruined my <laughs> life." What about that? What about that line? That's fucking, you know what, made him stronger and he still was like, That was mean dad, and I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out on this mission. He had a whole goddamn team with him and his team was the whole mission. Apparently there's five guys on like get the dome down. They didn't fucking do that, but you know who did? Tyler, okay? Tyler uh, did. Which led to his hit single, Get the Dome Down. Uh, <laughs> Tyler is worse than Bender. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely Again, he is. No, Bender's he's, he's our a worse boy. character. That's insane. Um, Ryan, I don't have high hopes for you, but what do you got for MVP? Well, sorry, I didn't pick your fucking big hot crush, Tyler. But <laughs> don't tell him. My MVP <laughs> is Beast, because there's a point in this episode where Beast is like, you know, we just fuck with time and time travel whenever we want. I wonder if there's going to be ramifications for that. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's going to be a problem at some point. There was a solid decade of Marvel comics where they totally like they just crumbled all of the continuity crumbled and it was based on what beast was saying hey we spent the last 50 years doing whatever we wanted with time and i wonder if it's going to crumble at some point and then it did and i didn't know this but this could be like the impetus of that like beast in this episode is like that thing that gave way to a decade of marvel stories 30 years later but him just being like we have to fucking stop this right mm-hmm. like we're not gods. You know, we're, we're fighting against the people who think that we're gods. And in doing that, we're acting like gods ourselves. That's deep. Um, sounds very important. Uh, probably was um, yeah, not the starting the point. point to a see, whole. Ryan, Ryan, see, I was going to choose Beast, actually, because he said more things. And he actually did something in this episode, which Beast doesn't normally do much mm. when I tune in. Uh, but Beast is always also, acting like Fraser. Yeah, yeah. So he... He said that, but in the same episode, he also said it appears that fighting metal with flesh is not the best tactic. And I'm like, like he's got how many doctorates, and this motherfucker just figuring this and I, out. Yeah, that's the. I was like, really? Is this that motherfucker the- always in a lab coat with no fucking pants on, and he just figured this out? We're gonna say basic shit like water is wet, but try to add more words in there. Like it this seems motherfucker's- the H2O modules are getting my moistened leg more moist. Like, he married a goddamn blind lady, and he's supposed to be her guide, and now he doesn't even know this? Motherfucker. Mm -mm. You guys are like the fucking girls from high school (laughs) who sat in the bleachers watching the football player Tyler Burden throwing touchdown passes, but never gave me or Beast the time of day. That's right, and it'll never fucking change. That point's going to Caitlin, (laughs) which means it's we're wrapping this one up. Ryan, me and you tied with one whole point, buddy. Did we win? Nope, Caitlin oh. swept this. Three points to Caitlin. Can I say it was uh, exception speech? This was for Tyler. Thank you. Thank you. The hero that we all deserve. The hero of this podcast, I believe. Tyler um, Hero. Tyler Hero. Um, what a successful extas segment. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> off of that high, we now have to go to your interview, Ryan, because I believe it is part two of when you sat down with Tiana and Joe from the Next Door Villain podcast. Uh, yeah. So, last week we talked all about their 
their podcast. But then this week we get into like, uh, first of all, what they think of our podcast. I'm just kidding. They, they never listen. Uh, they, <laughs> we get into like what they think about actual villains in pop culture. I try to throw some fastballs at them of like, who's the best Spider-Man villain? Who's the, the Star Wars villain? Who is the best Star Wars villain? Can you guys guess what they said? I can't. I'll have to listen, Ryan. <laughs> Caitlin, the number one <laughs> fan of this segment. <laughs> uh, I said, who is the best uh, Star Wars villain that does not have the first name Darth? And they said, we don't need that anyway. They <gasps> said that the best Star Wars villain doesn't have the first name Darth no matter what. It's not even Darth Jar Jar? It's Darth. <laughs> it's, it's Jar Jar? Darth, Darth Binks? Darth Binks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got to go to that your interview right now, so we know the answer to that. So let's go. Let's do it right now. The villain, the villain from this year that comes to mind, and and I'm not going to remember the name, but Tiana, I'm sure you will. That I think was a really good villain, um, despite being also extremely empathetic, was in um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we haven't talked about that on the show because it's not based on a comic book. So therefore, it doesn't um, exist. Uh, what? Let's talk about her though, because um, I think the development of that villain in that story is super important to what we're talking about right now. Yeah. So what makes her so great? Oh gosh, where to start? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she knows what we fear. Um, what humans fear, uh, because she fears, she feared it as well before she became Jobu Tapuki. I, I may have mispronounced her villain name here. That was pretty close. I think. Yeah. Um, she knows that we fear failure. She knows that we fear, um, bad relationships with our mothers. She knows that we fear, um, not making it in life. Uh, there are other things that she, that we fear and that she feared as well. And she knows, um, what to do about it. Um, which makes her so captivating, which is to create an everything bagel and, and explain that nothing matters. She and, also has, yeah. I think that it's an important aspect of a good villain to uh have like this radar on people's achilles heels she knows how to hurt and that's not yes. necessarily with a punch to the face she knows the thing to say or the thing to do or the thing to show you or whatever it takes to she just exploits weaknesses in such a not not just smart way but incredibly entertaining way as well yeah and the willing the willingness to do those things to people is is really terrifying um, and, and to me, I think the other scary part about her um, is that what she is doing is so enticing. Um, I think especially for people who have particular hardships and difficulties that they're going through or is similar to um, what she's experiencing, that feeling of wanting to just let go and and to sort of give in to the idea that nothing matters. Everything sucks nothing matters and I can do whatever I want is a really enticing thought, but it's a really scary one because it, it really doesn't lead you uh, to uh, any good places as far as relating to other people in the world. Right. And then when you 
throw on top of this the chances that this whole movie is just all in the main character's head. And she created that version of her daughter. Like, she created her, her own villain out of her own daughter. Um, and what that says about the generational gap, that honestly, that makes it scarier to me. That makes it more villainous mm-hmm. to me. Uh, yeah, that movie rules. Yeah. All right, Changed guys. my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is usually when we get into a speed round. Um, but uh, it's usually questions like um, first fictional crush. Actually, let's do that one real quick. Uh, Joe, we'll start with you. First time you had a crush on a fictional character. All right. This is probably not the first, but it's the one that comes to mind immediately. It's it's Pam's friend, Isabel, from The Office, who like, oh, flirts with, up Dwight. with Dwight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that. I see that. Tiana, what about you? Oh, probably either Danny Phantom or Goku. <laughs> I will tell you in my uh, in my career as a teacher, um, the amount of people who I have heard say Danny, Danny Phantom in a very strange way, uh, it's an unbelievable amount of people are into Danny Phantom. Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, Tiana, that you're not alone. <laughs> I'm of, over it. <laughs> you have a lot of competition when it comes to Danny Phantom. All right. Oh, yeah. um, uh, so I tailored the rest of the questions to you guys. Um, hopefully they're all softballs. We'll start with you, Tiana, with... And I, wa- I don't want one-word answers. I need you guys because you're villain analysis. Analysts? You're villain analysts. I need to know why. Best Joker. Best... Person. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Tell me why. Um... I love everything that is just so emotional and deep and internalized within the body. (laughs) And let's see, how do I make that make sense? Uh, When Joaquin Phoenix plays the Joker, he is the Joker to the max. Um, He has internalized him with probably method acting, I don't know, in a way that I really haven't seen. I mean, yes, you could argue Heath Ledger, but um, the subtle because you're talking about, i don't know it's not the makeup it's not the makeup <laughs> yeah it's not the it's makeup also like the spine like the way that he yeah like dances in sort of a way. it's felt in every part of the body and in every word if is he, the joker when i hear him yeah. if he was method though that set would have been terrible to be on that sounds awful <laughs> yes that's true um now Another method joker is Jared Leto, Joe. Is that who you would pick as the best Absolutely joker? Absolutely not. No? Okay. I just want to throw it out um, there that Jared Leto is on the table for you to choose. Yeah, no, I I knew that and <laughs> I I I don't know. I don't know about Jared Leto. He's got like a private island or something and like a cult or I don't that's aside from the joker. I <laughs> I, I don't want to just say the same as Tiana. I, I think I want to hold out on whether Joaquin Phoenix is the best Joker until Joker two comes out. I'd like to see where he goes from here. He hasn't really had uh, time to commit much evil yet. And I, I think evilness is important in a villain. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Heath Ledger. The correct answer is Mark Hamill. <sighs> Sorry. I, I don't think either of us have watched the comics or the the animated Batman, I think, is the issue. Okay, guys, more so than... Oh, before we started recording, we convinced Tiana to watch Riverdale. Don't do that. 
just watched Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> okay. Um, so we now we have um, speaking of Batman the Animated Series, that is the origin of a particular character, and then we have Margot Robbie, and then we have Kaylee Cuoco. Am I saying that right? Kaylee Cuoco. I think so. Uh, her, her the Harley Quinn cartoon uh, debuts comes out this week or the third season. Um, so of the three Harleys, which one do you guys think is your favorite? I I want to watch the the new animated series so badly, and I guess I could just watch it. Um, do, you my, <laughs> do you need my HBO Max password? I will give it. To I you. have HBO Max. Why why am I not watching oh, it? You should do. It. I need a password. Can someone give me a yeah, password? Yeah, I will text that I, for, to you. From everything I've heard and read about the new animated series, I think I think I would like that version of Harley Quinn the best. You guys are gonna f- have you seen it, Tiana? No, okay. I need to though. I know it's very shameful. When you see it. I I didn't like um, Margot Ro- Robbie in uh, 